it's it's a it's a butt reference. Uh, and, oh really? Uh, and yeah, I mean, some people don't know that. Some people think it's something, <laughs> something more naughty, and I can get some pretty obscene messages from people. But anyways, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that happening. Right, vi har kommit till det 14 avsnittet av QX-podcasten Alfred och drottningarna. Jag vet inte ens om det behövs en introduktion längre, men jag tänker att du kör det ändå. Det är alltså jag, Alfred Jansson, reporter på QX-magasin som snackar om den senaste säsongen av RuPaul's Drag Race. Där jag bjuder in drag queens och andra kända fans. This episode will be in English because I have invited the famous international comedian drag queen now based in Stockholm for... What I've heard six years. Seymour Bottoms, aka Justin Morin. How are you and welcome? Hello, thank you for Hello. having me. So basically <laughs> what the intro should have said is I'm welcoming a lazy North American that has not learned our beautiful language of Swedish. <laughs> welcome Seymour. <laughs> That's uh, exactly what I you? said. You told me you didn't know Swedish, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak some Swedish, but I, I cannot full, like, hold you a full conversation. Me. <laughs> okay, so you're here to talk about um, the 13th season of RuPaul's Drag Race and the 14th episode, which oh is God. like... If, I don't know how, how we're going to count it, but it's been going on since forever. And, since uh, 1995. Exactly. Since <laughs> I was two. <laughs> I wasn't even born. Yeah. Um, and now I'm old as fuck. Um, how, like, if you, because we, we, we're closing in on the show. The finale yes. is in two weeks and there's going yes. to be a reunion episode before that. Um, yes. How would you, like, um, summarize the, the uh, season? Um, what do you think about well, it? Well, it's long. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I think the reason why it feels longer, uh, regardless of the length of it, I think because they had the UK's version happening at the same time. Yeah. So you you really like, you compared the seasons, which I think is very smart that they they uh, have uh, their own franchise competing against each other because it keeps, it kind of lifts both of them up because you have something to kind of compare it to. But at the same time, it really made the UK, the sorry, the American version feel really long. Um, so I think it's a great season. Um, I think the the production did, like I think that they they kept it kind of fresh in a way. They tried to do different things a little bit, uh, but it is very long. It does yeah. feel like that. <laughs> yeah, that's how we summarize it. It's very long, but <clears throat> also it feels. Like, I, I think that it started off kind of slow. Yeah, kind of week with all the uh, episodes where no one got elimin- eliminated, and yeah. then it had these like nice inputs with Tamisha Iman and yeah. her story and stuff like that. But she I ended said up going home what early. I said. Yeah, exactly. That's like the drama thing that happened. <laughs> uh, and I feel that it that season would have been a lot more uh, interesting to see, for example, if Denali had stayed rather than Candy or Olivia. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, I feel that that would have made the show a bit better. But I agree with you. It's been very, very long. So I'm quite happy that it's ending soon. How long have you been doing drag for? 
So I actually have been, I started doing drag the exact same time that season one aired. uh, But I didn't know uh, that it was happening until uh, the end of the first season. So we have a gay channel called Out TV in Canada. It's just like logo, but it's the Canadian version. And um, they, it's like a premium channel, at least it was. So I had uh, that channel and it popped up uh, and I had just been doing drag for a couple of months. And I was like, what is this? And I remember being so, <laughs> so interested in Chanel, for instance, because of, she was like the first drag queen that I saw do that nude illusion. You know, the um, it's the you know, the look that she does. I can't remember exactly, but it's, she had a breastplate on and it was like the first time I ever saw a, like a drag artist do this crazy illusion. And I was like, drag is crazy. What is this? And then, yeah, I had <laughs> been a fan since season one. So for me, it's crazy because I... I grew with the show. Uh, I didn't do drag because of the show, like most art, like Lavender, for instance, who I work with, Lavender Whip, who is the yeah. Swedish drag queen. She she started doing drag after she saw Drag Race. Um, so there's this kind of revolution of the drag race, the baby boom of drag race, you know, the drag race uh, queens, as we call them. Um, so it's interesting for me to watch the show grow as I started. And... Um, yeah, drag is a, it's very different now. So I think that uh, um, for better or for worse, for both, I think. Yeah. Um, back then, you know, we were not social media artists. We didn't have to be so much involved in media, and the fans were not so involved before. And now the fans are are sending a lot of uh, love, but also a lot of hate to the artist. So being part of this franchise now is dealing with kind of, you know, what Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, those uh, female pop artists that had to deal with paparazzi. That's kind of what we, in a small, small form, have to deal with now as drag artists. We have to be uh, almost like um, influencers, which is a huge change. You know, Bianca said that as well. She had been doing drag, I think, for 13 years when she did her season. And she's like, yeah, this is completely different than I have ever experienced in my whole career because drag race has changed. Uh, I'm just going to chip in with a question. Um, Seymour Bottoms, for those who don't know you, uh, what's your drag style like? Garbage. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, um, so my name comes from uh, my burlesque. Uh, so when I started to do burlesque, uh, which was about uh, four or five years ago, I wanted to come up with a name that was snappy, but also to told people what they were going to see. Uh, so Seymour Bottoms. It's a it's a butt reference. Uh, and, oh, really? Uh, and, yeah. I mean, some people don't know that. Some people think it's something <laughs> something more naughty. And I can get some pretty obscene messages from people. But anyways. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that happening. But it's also, it, it, it's a bit of a play on uh, kind of my struggle as well. Kind of feeling like, a, an, a, what do you say, a, um, an underdog. Uh, so it's kind of like see more, see more underdogs as, as well. So I wanted to kind of create a space for creative weirdos um <laughs> and so my drag is uh, it's more it's not so commercial um so I, I i showcase my body hair a lot and my real male body a lot and uh, i play with different shapes in my makeup uh so i i play 
with my femininity, but also to very much my masculinity, which is not always something that you see in mainstream. Actually, you don't see it so often in mainstream drag. I think that no, exactly. First, that's what I thought about as well. That yeah. you don't see that a lot happening. How do you no, think it, that that would uh, play out in? They had a, a one queen in. I think it was Holland. Madame Madness. Yeah, exactly. um, Madame is really lovely. We've had some uh, private conversations about drag and stuff and her experience on the show. And yeah. uh, he's a lo- really lovely person. And um, yeah, he he got a lot of backlash uh, from the audience. And uh, okay. that's really, really sad. But uh, and the, the, I think that the, um, the audience is not used to seeing that. And yeah. the audience now are, are very young and... Uh, you know, a lot of people believe that RuPaul is the best drag queen in the world because that's what they see. It was like kind of like with Tara Banks when she was doing Top Model. They were like, oh, she's the best supermodel in the world. No, that's not the case. It's the same with uh, Dita Von Teese. She's the most famous burlesque artist. And people are like, oh, she's the best burlesque artist. And like, but that is, it, they're just showcasing one part of drag. As I said before, we're coming to an end soon. Yes. Um, there's only four of them left. Livia Lux left uh, last week. Yes. Um, what did you think about the the episode like overall? Um, the, the thing about this episode in particular, like the melon, what do you say? Like it's like the medium episode before the end, but like the end of. The, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, like, I always yeah, feel like I this episode exactly is like mean. a filler to me. Because no one ever goes home. I mean, yes, they have. But typically in most recent years, no one is going home. So it's just like a filler episode for me. Um, So, yeah, it's cool. And um, it's fun to see the final looks as well. But, you know, more commonly as well, recently in seasons, the girls run out of clothing. So a lot of the girls who (laughs) have their final looks, for instance, Candy... I have a theory. So she had said in an episode that, uh, do you remember the train episode? Yeah. Where the, the, Did the she runway say that, was, that was her final look or what? Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. So this look, I think, do you remember when the Poor Chop Queens, they had their episode, the first one, and they had, it was like tulle or something sheer fabric. Yeah. I think that this was Candy's outfit for that. Oh, because it's, okay. if you think about it, it is the material... Uh, so this outfit was just the last outfit she had. <laughs> well, that explains a lot, and, and I hope that that was the case. Actually, I'm, 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 I think so. I've, I've done the math, and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like with this episode, it's sometimes it's just what you have left, and it's not necessarily the the garment that they've saved, because sometimes your runway will save you from being eliminated. And if I know that, and I think I'm going to be in the bottom, I'm going to wear the best drag that I have and save my butt from getting eliminated. So sometimes you got to do what you got to do in desperation. But like I said, this episode in in a general, it it's not... There weren't any my, kind of levels, like nothing really no. happened. They all got good critiques and stuff like that. We're going to go into like all yeah. of the... The different parts of it, but I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. So it was kind of boring for me. <clears throat> Same. Yeah, it was just like another extra episode. Yeah. And Which is great. No, that is not great. That's not what this season <laughs> needs, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's great if you really love the show. Uh, yeah. 
but if, and if you, you're if totally you bored yeah. in quarantine <laughs> or during the pandemic yeah of course but us is like queer individuals we just want we just want a winner but maybe for the general audience for them it's like oh it's another episode of drag race i love it but for us <laughs> we, we just want a queen to be named so we can know who what, yeah. what, we can move forward We're and greedy. i just want to and i just want to stop doing like i'm through with this podcast i just want to have it <laughs> done with okay <laughs> you're headed here first alfred is over his podcast <laughs> i am <Okay>. <laughs> officially <laughs> Uh, they they represented the Magic Challenge and it was the classic like final challenge where they have to perform to one of RuPaul's uh, latest singles yes. and this time it was Lucky. Lucky. I often really like enjoy these uh, types of challenges. Um, yes. And they are like, they are my most watched Drag Race videos on YouTube when I go back and watch my favorite uh, happenings. I often go back to watch these performances. What was your favorite one from any season including All-Stars? Um, including all stars, I I really 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 loved uh, All Stars season three. Okay. With Trixie Chandler, the kitty, kitty girl, exactly kitty girl. Kitty um, girl. But I think the one I've watched the most is All Stars two with Rilev Yes, oh, I was gonna say that is iconic. <laughs> yeah. So good and. Katya did an interview about that, and she said that they they gave them extra days. They I think she said like between three and five days because the choreography ah, was just... so a lot. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, she said they gave them a lot of time. Yeah. I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on to the main challenge and what yes. actually happened. Um. They stood in boxes. They had lingerie. Yes, they were sexy, and they were performing performing the song "Lucky." Yes, it was very clean. Uh, yeah, it was very graphic and colorful. And um, I even noticed that some of the boys they were um, not like so like six packy as usual. There was more like it like thicker, kind of curvier. Yeah. Not, there was there was more diversity in body types. What I mean for the male dancers, which I noticed as well, which I thought was a really nice touch. Because mm-hmm. um, actually, Canada's Drag Race was one of the first uh, ever uh, part of the franchise to include a a non six pack uh, normal body type guy in the um, uh, pick room. In the, in actually. The yeah, so it was nice to see a little bit more. It wasn't an extreme like variety, but there was some. Um, but I thought the direction was. I think it's one of the best visual performances that they've done for music videos. Me too. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Are they not gonna? <clears throat> are they not gonna perform together? Are they just gonna stand in separate rooms?" But then, as like an art performance, it was really good. It looked really good. It was really. Yeah. Um, um, nice, and I like that they were all really themed. It yes. looked like a like a proper girl group. Yeah, I, I think that the direction was more music video than live performance. Yeah. So I think that they really wanted it to be doubling. As I bet you, like RuPaul will post it as his music video, and maybe they'll put clips of him in it, or maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but like you know, RuPaul's all about branding and marketing and and, and getting. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah, it felt more like a music video. I thought that it was very well done. Uh, it looked very clean. And yeah. Who did you think uh, did best? 
performance-wise, uh, sounded best, looked the best, or you mean overall? Uh, overall, like for this uh, uh, challenge. I really think that they were pretty equal. Um, yeah. I think that Rosé, for instance, though, gives just a little bit of extra. I think it partially because she's a singer, uh, and then she did the little rap, and then she just has that little bit of extra energy that the other three don't have, in my opinion, when it comes to performing. If you look back at the four, the shot of the four of them, Rosé just has, she's just a little bit faster. And I think that's because he is a dancer. So he yeah. he doesn't have to think about the choreography. He can just do it. And yeah. I think the other, the other girls, they needed to think a little bit more with what they were doing. So they were a little bit more calculated. So that's the yeah. only thing I would say. But overall, I think that they were quite equal what do you think that's a that's a very very swedish answer of you <laughs> <laughs> you stayed here oh, for no. too long I, I need to move bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do now no but i totally agree with you i thought that rosé was like uh, the best for me she stood out the most she was fun she had uh, levels that's yes. what it's all about girl yes, levels yes, i'm telling you yes. she had a regular song she had the rap and then she ended with the like funny dad voice saying this is drag uh, and she did just an amazing performance. And as she's, the, as everyone says, she's a really good performer. She's a professional, and she yeah, uh, she felt really calm, um, which I really enjoyed. But you mm. know that uh, I think the reason why Rose does bring a sense of uh, professionality, you know that she's a part of a girl drag queen girl group. Called yeah, Stephanie's I know Child. with Jan. Yeah, so do you know that Stephanie's they were actually Child. on The Voice? I know, and I America's that. Got Talent. Yeah. So I recently just saw uh, more clips of it. I, I saw, I think I heard about it, but I never saw it. And Simon is so mean to them. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. but again, it's reality te- television. They want someone to say something so they get views. Uh, I think we're going to talk about the uh, the runway and the category drag excellence. Yes. Who just... was your favorite? My favorite like if if you talk about best excellence i definitely think that it was uh, simone and gottmik and if i have to choose about those two i'm going with simone really mm-hmm. tell yeah. me tell me why you think so uh, because i really liked her blue gown with these long sleeves and i like the fabric which was kind of um glitterish and but my favorite part about her was the uh, short wig with these uh, this blonde short wig with diamonds yes. in it Yes. And I always think that she's like one of the best uh, presentations on the runway. Um, so I guess that's my comment on why I think is the best um, as far as like excellence, drag excellence. Um, I could like compare what my thoughts are about like Kenny Muse. I still think that she has a lot to work with on the runway. I like the wig, but not so much more. And her makeup was kind of busted. I feel it always is something wrong with her makeup. Uh, and I feel sad to say that Rose say like I got the thing and she has done the Scottish references before but I felt that this was not her uh, best look and the dress looked kind of squarish uh, it could have been nice but it kind of looked squarish uh, so it kind of lost me there so that's why I ended up with Simone and Gothic. Mm-hmm. Um th- does that make you angry or happy because I don't care um 
<laughs> what, what, what no, did you I, think? I have a, I have opinions on, on what you said. So the thing about Simone is, is what she's done throughout this entire season is she's taking cultural references and she's making it glamorous and she's heightening it and it, she she really is making a political statement almost every single time she's going on that runway in different ways of fashion or the messages and I think that that is what we need and I think that that is amazing and um, I was watching something and I didn't catch it at first but. Uh, when she first came out, the sleeves actually uh, made the silhouette of the garment look like a ball gown, which is yeah. really cool. And then she opened it up and it was a sleek. It's very, very Simone. And that's really cool. Uh, my favorite was Got Meg. Uh, I okay, have yeah. a few reasons. Uh, one, because I I relate to her drag so much. And I have been a huge fan of her artistry for a long time. I think that it's one of the most creative and interesting final looks ever. That's just my opinion. Um, the thing that I think people forget with Got Mink is that how long it takes to do the type of makeup she does. And they had mm. to do two faces. And I think that's why maybe Candy and uh, Rosé, their makeup looked... Because I thought that Rosé's makeup looked a bit rushed. Yeah. And I think because they give them little time... Um, no. to change their face and got Mink did that face and so detailed and, and as someone who does clown face a lot and white face I know that it's really hard to get a white face that pigmented and that clean um, and she does so much detail and she, I mean Candy is talking she has her brows covered during you know when they're getting ready and got Mink has already finished 80% of her makeup that is yeah. so detailed for me that's like the, the kind of things that I look for. Um, so if we're just talking about fashion and overall pr presentation, Got Make was my favorite. But I think that Got Make and Simone were the best versions of themselves. I had a little bit of issues with Rosé's garment. I think, I don't know if it's the, if it's the fabric on it or uh, what, but there was something about it that it felt a little yeah. bit pajama-y to me. Yeah. I don't know if it was I like a cotton material, but there was something that felt, it just maybe needed some stones on it to give it a pop. It just, the fabric felt a little bit downplayed. And then on top of that, her makeup, and I thought the wig as well, like we had, I've already seen that from her. It felt like, I don't know, it just didn't feel like it was a complete evolution of her at the end. Um, and Candy for me was the weakest. Um, she, it was a f clean, fine garment, but it was nothing special. And um, she, I, I tried to see that her makeup, she does her makeup more, not natural, but she doesn't wear a ton of cosmetics. And I think with her face shape, she needs it. And so that can me, can, I can feel like it looks a little bit messy. And she also has this. I also think that she also often put up, puts on these um, this shiny stuff. I don't know what it's called. Makeup on her nose and her cheeks, which it's makes her look it's glittery, too glittery. Yeah, but it's, it's either uh, it's either a um, highlight or it's a glitter. So it could be a highlight that just has a lot of glitter, hard glitter in it, which yeah. makes it look make. I think that if I'm to guess, she has a more of an oily skin type. 
so what happens is under those, and I don't know what type of foundation she's using or what setting spray, but under those lights and having to wear that foundation for so long and, and the abuse that the girls actually have to do to their face. Maybe she yeah. doesn't have a good skincare regimen, but her skin does always look very shiny. Uh, she could also be very sweaty as well. So I, unfortunately, that does make her makeup look messy. It doesn't necessarily mean she's bad at doing makeup, but no. I, I definitely think that <laughs> her makeup does look a little unfinished at times because of many reasons, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we have ended up with Simone and Gopnik as our favorites on the runway. Yes. So then I guess you already know who my top favorite is of the season um i i, I would say gothmic <laughs> yes so i have of been course. following gothmic for many years uh, yeah. she kind of like in the mainstream instagram social media kind of really coined this like dra- clown drag makeup even though she didn't create it she kind of you know that became her signature and what she was known for uh, yeah. so i have been a huge fan of her queer artistry for a long time we don't have to get into the critique from the judges because it was all no. good like the yeah. judges gave them all good critiques and you, you found out that way before that okay so no one's going home tonight yeah um and then they all had to lip sync and <laughs> separately um separately and that gagged me i was surprised actually yeah that me that, too so that, that like was a, a fun little twist it was a new take on it yeah I also thought it was it was really fun, but it also one thing became clear to me that Candy did this little more upbeat take on it, while the others had more of a walk around the stage and present power thingy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just felt that Candy is not ready for for that crown, as you said as well. It is yeah. just something about her and her drag that has been and is uh, unpolished and has been like yeah. through the whole season. Um, she has the the uh, the personality she can be funny but there is just something that is okay you're not you're not ready you're you're not meant to have the crown um this time and i just felt that it became very clear during this episode yes she needs more time for sure i think that yeah. she's a little well known and that's not a read it's more of like she's young and when we're young, we tend to try to overcompensate for when we're insecure. And she was probably very... I, I mean, keep in mind, she's the Dahlia's uh, drag sister. And of course, their old drag mother was on... Aja was on the season as well. So I think that these girls have a lot of, feel like they have a lot of pressure. And yeah. they want to impress. And of course, Candy did not want to go home first. So she came in there screaming and yelling and shouting. <laughs> um, and she was like, I'm going to make good television and not go home. And yeah. that's what she did. But at the same time, you have to give levels and you have to be able to sit back. And you, when you're always 100%, you know, going at it, you don't get time to reflect and you don't get time to really grow. And I think that that was, Candy fought to the top, but she did, wasn't able to kind of absorb what was happening and then learn from that yet. So I think after this season, hopefully she will be able to do that. How do you think that the finale will um, will be played out? Uh, because before pandemic, uh, it was like live filmed and a huge show. Uh, do you think that they have recorded it already? And yeah. because, uh, like financially, that's better or? 
will it be at home like it was on season 12 or how do you think it would turn out I hope it's not at home, and I hope if Me it's neither. at home, RuPaul isn't dragged this time. Come on, this is not a sumo wrestling match. What is what's that? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't. I did not get that at all. What was doing? Couldn't he get some like just some makeup artist to his just to I help him out for that particular uh, broadcast? There was a lot of conversation about what it is. And one, some people said he didn't care. Some people said he just recently got worked done, so he couldn't put oh. on makeup. Oh, um, okay. Uh, I mean, RuPaul doesn't paint his own face, so like, maybe it was completely locked down. He got. I don't know. I don't know. I just actually think <laughs> this is maybe a little aggressive to say. I thought the overall production of the episode was poor of the <laughs> finale. Yeah. I mean, someone, because I edit my own YouTube videos and I, I, I do a lot of that process. And I just thought overall it could have been produced better. But that's just my opinion. No, um, but that's, so I, a, that's, a, that's a good opinion because like the amount of money that they have in this show, yeah. moment, like the amount of prize money that they're giving out, the amount of, the amount of um, money that they give out just yeah. for winning a challenge. They definitely would have have money to produce a better show than that, a last episode than that. Yeah, I think um, so too. But I mean, yeah. Okay, so what, what do you is. think about about this? Um, I final? how do you think it will turn out? I, so the thing is, I don't know how they're gonna do the reunion, but I feel like the finale is already pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, they would be stupid not to. They know they're in a pandemic. Why would they want to have this another? pre-recorded thing it might as well get the girls when they're together to film the finale um but the reunion um i don't know how they're gonna do that obviously they could get the girls to like a studio and get them to do it i guess but i haven't seen any photos i haven't seen any conversations no me neither i know last year um there was some leaked photos of the girls uh preparing on like um on a like a Skype call or something. So there was like oh. people knew before that they were going to do it like that. But there hasn't been any conversations or any posts or anything. So it's very hushed hush. So I think the reason is because they have pre-filmed something. Yeah. I mean I think so as well. And but it also makes me think that how will the finale um if they have pre-recorded what are, what are they going to do? Are they going to have uh like um, another performance where they do choreography and and dancing and or are they gonna get, like like it was the last time that they get each uh, each of the queens get a different song that they are going to perform and then it's the runway like I don't how I don't know what they're going to do in the next episode I, I or in think the finale the be the biggest um, the re like. They have been doing this, you know, uh, battle royale style kind of drag uh, lip sync off. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I think that if they did pre-record it, they could have for sure have done that. Yeah. Um, but maybe they will want to change it up to create a gag for this season. Uh, I don't know. It depends on what the producers think is going to get the most attention. I think the most probable thing is that they will probably have did like a what they did from season four on uh, did that kind of style, but like in, in a closed setting, they probably even filmed it like on the main stage. Yeah. Just I think like so they did. Well. And then they do like the lip sync battles and then, yeah. I'm
Well, you know what, Seymour Bottoms? Time will tell. In two weeks, we are going to find out who the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13 is. 13. And uh, with those words, we are wrapping up the podcast. Yes. It was lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me finally, because we have been we've been yeah. trying to like get together and do this for a while now. We have, and now it finally happened. Yes, and it was a joy. So I thank you very much for um, being a guest on Alfred och Drottningarna. Thank you so much for having me. Alfred och drottningarna är klippt och producerad av Alfred Jansson och är en produktion av QX förlag AB. Vignetten är gjord av Henrik Nyblom. <skratt>